0: Locked On Eagles. Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day.
0: What's going on Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day, We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen Monday through Friday, each and every day throughout the week on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. We're also on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DiBiase, loe. I am one of your hosts of LOE, Louis DiBiase, alongside Gino Camilleri. Guys, it's a Monday edition of the show, and you know, even with the Eagles playing on Thursday, every Monday is dedicated to our post-game show. But since it was a prime-time game, we did want to switch it up and uh, move stock up, stock down, forward to our Monday edition. So tomorrow is Tuesday. We will still have another show, but it'll be about different stuff. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll have a bunch of podcasts for you this week as the Eagles take on the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas on Sunday, a 4-2 Raiders team that I still really can't get a read on, but we're going to preview that matchup throughout the week. But, Gino, we do have to take one last look At that Thursday night battle against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Eagles fall to 2-4 and in the season. The comeback falls just short. I thought there were some good things at the end of the game, but for the most part, I think in this stock up, stock down, there's going to be more talk about what needs to be fixed rather than what they need to keep doing right.
1: Yeah, I think we're at that point in the season where we've seen some good moments, and I think the last two games, especially towards the end, the I think Ruben Frank wrote an article today that said we haven't seen yet. And I mean, there's still 11 games to go. But if you look back to 2012, 2015, when those teams really quit, I mean, right. we all remember the DeMarco Murray slide out of bounds. Remember that play? That was I do. That was something. And I don't think that this team is going to get to that level. And I, I, rightfully, they should because they're still commanding in the trenches. They still have good play on the defensive side of the ball. Their young playmakers are still getting their feet under them. You're still trying to see what you have in the quarterback. So by no rights should this team be giving up hope. And in the NFC East, Lou. You almost had a near-perfect day with every team almost losing yesterday, so you're never out of this thing. You're well, never really win, though,
0: out of it. So the Eagles yeah. are
1: three games back already a, with a head-to-head match But you're up still round. in second place. So, I mean, uh, at the end of the year, you're going to be playing all of those division matchups, so you might have a nice little stretch at the end where things start to really polish themselves out while you're getting the boat a little bit steadier, but back, more back on track in these next couple weeks here before right. the bye.
0: Absolutely. The Eagles take on the Raiders this Sunday. I mm-hmm. feel like they're kind of out of the tough part of their schedule. According to the NFL, the Eagles have the easiest schedule remaining um, for the rest of the season. But even when the schedule came out, Gino, they were among the uh, easier schedules in the NFL. But me and you looked at the schedule and we're like, I mean, we didn't see mm-hmm. it. And you could tell. I mean, you saw the the stretch they've had to go on the past month. I mean, it's been brutal with all these great quarterbacks they play and Derek Carr is an up and down guy. But it's going to be a tough matchup on the road in a good environment in Las Vegas. The first time the Eagles will be playing in Vegas since the Raiders moved from Oakland um, to Las Vegas. Again, today is stock up, stock down. And Gino, again, I feel like there's more featured here in stock down in segment two, but for stock up to start things off, one thing I really liked re-watching the game was the offensive line play once again. I mean, this offensive line has gone through more than any unit The last two years, 14 different offensive line combinations last year. I think already five or six different combinations this year, Mm -hmm. nineteen to twenty total in a year and a half. And yet I thought once again on Thursday, they held their own with guys playing different positions, right? Driscoll played right tackle a couple weeks ago. He was at right guard. Jordan Mayalata, second week in a row, he's at right tackle. Andre Dillard at left tackle. And yet, especially Mayalata looked great. He allowed zero sacks. Zero QB hits, only one hurry, and he was the highest blocking um, offensive lineman per PFF grades on the team. On the year, he's the fourth highest graded tackle. I thought Dickerson held his own. I thought Driscoll held his own. I mean, once again, just hats off to Jeff Stoutland. Uh, Jalen Hurts struggling. It was not because he was under duress consistently. I thought he
1: left clean pockets all night. Absolutely, and one point that I want to pinpoint out of this, Lou, is the talk of these Howie drafts, right? And the talk that the Eagles are going to have three high picks come next year. And every time I tweet something about it, it goes, oh, Howie'll screw it up. Howie'll screw it up. Well, okay, he does. Let, let's let's take well, 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 let's take a look back at all these offensive line combinations, Lou, without Jordan Maialata, without Andre Dillard, without mm-hmm. Landon Dickerson, without acquiring Nate Herbig, without finding Sua Opetta, without finding all of these guys at the hands of your scouting department your rookie, and your pro scouting department, you had to compile an offensive line that not just had an unbelievable five-man starting uh, roster in the all pros that you had in Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and Lane Johnson. Well, Lane's out because he has mental health uh, concerns that he has to take care of. Did return to the team, by the way. Glad he is back, and I'm glad he took care of that but the Eagles are faced with adversity more than any team in the NFL at that position, and you have the numbers to back it up to. And to say that they don't do a good job at acquiring players in both the draft yeah, and Yeah, but you know, agency, that's not the
0: theme of the discussion when you're bringing up first-round picks. Like, when you mentioned all those names. Landon Dickerson's a second-round I mean, pick, bro. Yeah, and, and, Andre and, round pick. Yeah, I, and Andre Taylor's a first-round pick. I get Gillard it, though, but the guys not really are there, I'm not, I'm
1: not going to take people talking down about it when these guys are going out and playing. Like, yeah, you could talk well, about No, six because I, I think you the context
0: next year is wrong because they're commenting on first round picks and Howie Roseman historically has been terrible. All of those guys have been late round picks. They've been unrestricted free agents
1: that were signed. And they're so still me, finding a way on the team. I don't, they don't just no. I know, but it's like, God it's a different discussion and drop them off. No, fill, no, no, I agree, I totally but it's a that. different,
0: like it's starting the Howie Roseman. Is he like good at finding late round gems? Yeah. But I think that's a different discussion than is he good at, finding, good at finding any offensive line early? play? Yeah, I mean, for sure. But that's also, you, you have to credit, credit Jeff, Jeff Stoutland to who, right. who's coaching up and some they ha- incredible. And
1: that's and that's a point you have to understand is that your position coach and the guy acquiring the players, we we might there might be some discohesion other well, in other positions, but the cohesion between the front office and what Jeff Stoutland wants in a player, I mm. think it's as good as any position on this football team because no matter who is out there, they have a good unit. I mean. Think back to 2015, and they had the when the experiment when Big V played right tackle when Lane Johnson moved to to left tackle right, and Ryan Kerrigan had four sacks on them. They haven't had that bad of a performance even in the past two to three years from the offensive line, which mm-hmm. has overcome so much adversity. And you're right, Lou, going against Vita Vea, JPP, all these guys up front, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, the I time- that's an
0: incredible pass rush. Yeah. Like, that was the unit I was worried about the most. And they just, they weren't really a
1: factor in that game. No. So, I mean, and that's the a pretty incredible performance. The pressure was created. It had mm-hmm. a lot to do with Jalen hurts, either missing the read and holding on to the ball a little We're bit. Leaving too long. instantly. I mean, yeah. Leaving the pocket. You're going to get burned. holding penalties like that. That's what every single commentator will say. Troy Aikman pointed it out in that game. And it, Yet again, we're agreeing with Troy Aikman on a take here, but the offensive line, I don't like that. they're giving you two and a half to three seconds, Lou. Like, they're doing their job. Yep. I, I love what they're doing, and my lot of playing right tackle, that's a, a, a feather in his cap for me because he's able to play both positions. If you ever needed him, if this scenario were to ever arise again, and – best of health to Lane Johnson, but you don't know what his long-term future could be. Maybe that he, this was his realization that f- there's life outside of football, you know, and some guys do. I don't want to assume anything, but at any given time, it's got to be a next man up mentality, especially here. And yeah. they do it as good as anybody. Like hats off to Andre Dillard, man. People berated this kid for two years. He wasn't healthy. He couldn't anchor. Now his anchor is suitable enough. His footwork is his handwork looks much better. His power and his punches looks a lot better. They do a good job getting these guys up into the second level and all at the hands of Jason Kelsey, they're leading the charge yeah. too. I, I think they've all done a great job finding Jack Driscoll that late in the draft as a guy that can play right guard, right tackle, left guard, left tackle. It's tough to find that guy and you've done it time and time again. And I could talk yeah. all day about offensive line plays especially in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. but rightfully so. If you were going to evaluate a team and you have serviceable line play, I think you could do that. And I think that they've given them enough that it doesn't look like chaos in offense and you could really see through the lines at what is happening. If, you, yeah. if that makes sense to you.
0: No, the offensive line has not been an issue, and with Lane Johnson coming back, it should get even stronger. So certainly mm-hmm. stock up to the offensive line. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Gino, I mean, again, not a lot of impressive things on Thursday. Was a player specifically um, that night impressive to you, a unit?
1: I think we still have to continue to give more stock up to Darius Slay because as big of a test as that was, Lou, they held those guys in check. None of those guys put up a crooked number. Antonio Brown started to, to go off a little towards the end. But you look at a majority of that game, and Mm -hmm. he was covering everybody, Lou. I mean, he's covering tight ends. He's covering Mike Evans. He's covering Chris Godwin. This guy does everything. And you look at the cornerback position, when you're limited into having guys that you have to play zone with, you probably could have seen Tampa put up 40-some-odd points in that game. And I did see that game. And that was at the hands of James Winston back in 2015, when they had... uh, who was it? Bradley Fletcher and Byron Maxwell? Were they together? Or was it Kerry Williams? And uh, I think Maxwell? that was
0: Byron Maxwell and Nolan Carroll.
1: Nolan Carroll, that's right. That was after both of those guys left. Yeah. I forgot they got rid of it. Didn't but, get much better after. But. but to look at that game, right, where they had to run zone, they were outmatched all game. That was, I think, Mike Evans' rookie season. They still yeah. had uh, not the best offense, but enough firepower to score points. And then to look at the offense they put out there on Thursday. I mean, that's an all Wasn't Slade you know. I
0: thought of Vontae Maddox was great right. in the slot had, again for another week in a row. And his tackling was against the run. I'm like, he's a free agent this year. Mm. He, might, he might be earning himself a new contract.
1: The reason I didn't say the whole cornerback unit was still because of Steven Nelson's. Yeah, he continues to be one of season, the
0: bigger liabilities. For which sure. should
1: be a player they might want to look to move here before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Got in a one-year deal. Teams yeah. need corner help. See what you got in Zach McPherson. Because right now, next year, I think you've already answered who your CB1 and your nickel corner are, Lou. You got Avante Maddox. You got Darius Slay starting out there. Avante is quietly having the best season of any Eagles defender that we are not talking about. That not many people are talking about. And it's not just that one flash play he made against Carolina the other day. He's reliable in the run game. He's, I would say, the most agile player they have on defense. His lateral agility, his footwork going against those slot speed, receivers. Dude, what did
0: he run off? i think he ran a four, four three at his pro four, three, day, and a, eight you know, or nine. A I higher think, four yeah. three, but still impressive coming out of pit when it comes to speed. Yeah, you know I'm with you. I think the secondary has been great uh, the last two weeks when they're allowed to, yeah, to do go up want. against these receivers yeah. and not kind of just pick a space. So stock up to Darius Slay, stock up to Avante Maddox as well. And uh, going back to the offense, Gino, stock up to Quez Watkins. He only Always. had three receptions again on the day, but we continue to talk about this kid. Three catches for 44 yards. And I thought on offense, he was the best player out there when it comes to outside of the offensive line. And we keep using the Deshaun Jackson comparison, right? Because he doesn't need eight catches to make as much of an impact as a guy that might need eight catches to do it. But it's not like he's this one trick pony of a deep threat. I mean, did you see those three catches and the one that didn't even count in the back of the end zone where he goes over a corner yet again, an underthrown pass in college, it would have been a touchdown because he got one foot down, but the sideline grab to the foot drag, the they had a challenge, but it was a catch. Uh, the first play where he converted a third and long off a tip and he was falling down and still caught it high in the air. I mean, I don't know about you, Gino, but he looks like a complete wide receiver to me. And considering what we already know Devontae Smith is as well, and I think Jalen Rager is a fine third wide receiver, fifth target in your offense. Some people are talking about, you know, at the deadline, do you consider adding a receiver, maybe adding one this offseason? I don't think wide receiver is a problem this year like it's been in the past. I think it's more the quarterback that's not getting them the open looks that they have. I mean, even Jalen Rager, for as Mm -hmm. frustrating as that kid is, he probably should have had two deep touchdowns on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, his numbers look way better if they just complete those two balls to him. And and the
0: the play to uh, even he stepped out, but against San Francisco, it's another bomb that's probably six.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you can't really put numbers behind these guys to back them no. up because as good as Devante's numbers are, I still don't think that does him justice of the player no, I, that he really has. Been. He hasn't had that. Like
0: even the Chiefs game was a breakout considering the right. numbers, but like he still hasn't had that Devonte Smith Heisman game and it's not mm-hmm. because of him.
1: Yeah, I, I would say absolutely not. And in the blocking game too, Lou, I think is a big asset. Same yeah. with Jalen Rager, who's a battler. But Quez Watkins, when you look at what all those guys do well, he's a he's a combination of like all three of those receivers. Like mm-hmm. he has the straight line speed of Jalen Rager, if not faster. And unlike Devonte, who is tough at the point of the catch, Quez Watkins is built really well for a wide receiver with yep. his length he's put together in terms of his his muscular makeup and then he has the soft hands of Devontae Smith he has the run after the catchability of Jalen Rager he has the football intelligence of Devontae Smith as well and one thing I want to point out was when I was in the scouting academy we were learning about offensive line play Howard mm-hmm. Mudd rest in peace former offensive line coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. He mm-hmm. had a great quote that said, when I judge these offensive linemen, it, it went mm-hmm. something along the lines of, yeah, anybody could look at a player when everything's going right and right. they get their set in. It's when things go awry and things go off script. So when you see an offensive lineman, like Jordan, my has done this a couple times where he's down on one knee, but he's able to extend his body and shove a guy around the quarterback, sure. right? At wide receiver, I think that's a very similar mindset to have when you're looking at a player because if you look at that play from Quez Watkins, when that ball got tipped and things went awry, it's like, oh, another player might just would have let that by and it would have been an interception, right? No, Quez Watkins had the football intelligence to figure out where that ball was. He extended his arms fully at the catch point to attack the ball in the air, had soft hands to just let that ball fall in there, and he caught it almost like a snow cone of sorts. He had the ability and body control to adjust his body going that direction and the pure athleticism to make that play. It's a tough play. That play alone tells me so much about who that player is because there's fast guys like Nicole Hardman's of the world, Lou. Yeah, that John I don't Ross. think the John Rosses of the yeah. world, Marquise the guys that are, Goodwin. Yes, the I would say even a Hollywood Brown, Lou. Like, yeah, I don't I mean think you know, like Hollywood Josh Huff. Would.
0: If you want to go back to like former <laughs> right. Eagles players, yeah, I, I think you know it's kind of like quarterbacks Sometimes mobile quarterbacks, a lot of them could really only run. So the ones that can pass sometimes get grouped in with them because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of group think in the NFL. And I think some people think because you're a deep threat, sometimes it's all you are. But that's not the case with Chris Watkins at all. And it wasn't the case with him at Southern Miss. I mean, go back to his tape in college, and he was missing. His numbers
1: say gadget player, but he's not at all. But he's
0: not if you're watching the tape, man. He, to me, is a complete wide receiver too right now with Devontae. I, I think their receiver crew was set for the time being and so definitely stock up to quez Watkins. gino let's move over though to um the negative i think stock down there was a lot of guys that i think this was an eye opener again that you're just not on the level of a team like tampa bay and that's okay i mean we knew Mm -hmm. this was a rebuilding year they're the reigning super bowl champions they have the best quarterback of all time they've got all stars on both sides of the football um but at the same time yeah there's a lot to be fixed and this game showed it and I think the first stock down would, for me would be defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, and not to the level it was earlier in the year, my frustrations, because I did like the second-half adjustments. Gino, I just think they were too little, too late. And mm-hmm. you said stock up to Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, and I just wish Gannon was giving them chances to go make plays earlier in this game when it got out of hand, what, 28-7 to by the third mm-hmm. quarter?
1: Yeah, when I was in high school, we played uh... – hilton in lacrosse one time and a team yeah. that we were evenly matched against right mm-hmm. and we were playing zone right that soft yeah. zone the guys are moving the ball around they're putting up goals then at halftime we switched to man things went a little bit better right because you're right. Uh, you're able to attack the ball you're able to get more turnovers it's it, I, I was thinking of that game my whole uh, that whole time against tampa i'm like yeah geez, like this is the exact same thing. Like they're bending and they're breaking time after time. But then when they go into the the cover three and they play man to one side and they're even playing quarters off to the other side and they have help over Steven Nelson and letting Darius Slay do his thing, that's when they operate best. And even Mm -hmm. Avante Maddox right now, Lou, I think he has earned the right to match up. Against like 2018 Avante Maddox. Against a top nickel corner. And I really wish that they did that because when you go against elite teams that have three, four, five weapons, these zone defenses aren't meant to do that when they go four or five wide. The Eagles, one, don't have the personnel. Two, that scheme isn't meant to defend something like that. And three, the way Jonathan Gannon plays them, it's not going to work. But what do they do best? When they go into man. And I think Jonathan Gannon is starting to realize that. And I think mm. he realized that towards the end of the last game, Lou, and now going into a game where you're playing a lesser opponent in Detroit, if they come out in zone, that will be very worrying to me because they're thinking, oh, we can't even match up personnel-wise with the Detroit We have bigger issues we might want to address in this offseason. But right now, I think it just comes down to getting his feet under him and finding where that comfortability level is. And I think we're starting to see maybe what that defense really is, which is a 24 to 25 point defense. And any day of the week when you can hold Tom Brady to 24 points, 28 points, I'm in. Count the personnel they have. I mean, that's all. Yeah, with the personnel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely. not gonna you're not gonna ask
0: this defense to hold teams to ten points and win football games no. like that. The offense is gonna have to score this year if they want to be. You're competitive not
1: Baltimore. And, you're not. No, you're I not. mean, even the Steelers. Like you don't yeah, have. You're that not what type. we
0: saw two weeks ago with Carolina, man. And you can mm-hmm. be soon, but you got to do what the Panthers did. You got to invest first round right. picks, second round picks into the defense over a span of a couple of years if you want to start looking
1: like I that. did can't see can't Kyle, Kyle Harrison bridge. taken at number two today because yeah, went me, I was eating
0: up those mock drafts Whew. today. The Eagles are set up for three top ten picks of the season ended today. Today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They just sent me the new Coconut Brownie Bits Bar. It's unbelievable they say it's a protein bar but it does not taste like one you have to try one of these amazing bars yourself honestly to believe it most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down a built bar is soft covered in 100 real chocolate and when you bite into it you know you're eating something different it's more of an experience one that you'll enjoy in fact you'll swear you're eating a candy bar built bars are low carb low calorie low fat low sugar and high in protein, so they're healthy. And on top of that, they're purely delicious. So many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many of those mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often on the daily. You don't want to miss out, and I can get you 15% off. Your first order at Built.com when you use our promo code. It's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And again, you're going to get 15% off of your order at Built.com. Guys, today's LOE is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Bet online is back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and the NFL season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before, also hockey just started as well, I love me some NHL action, and I love to put my money down on hockey, basketball, and football that's going to take up your fall. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive your bonus again from basketball, football, baseball, NHL boxing UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts Uh, Gino continuing stock down here um, for you who was somebody that was just driving you nuts on Thursday
1: I don't want to pinpoint one person, but I want to pinpoint an idea. And I think it's decision-making. Because when you look at the decision-making of, we'll go off of Jonathan Gannon, too little, too late. Nick Sirianni, at times he starts a game hot, like they did last game. They go down and have a perfect first drive. And then the decision-making along the way gets a little awry. You look at the quarterback position, Yeah, How many times when you're watching that tape, are there open receivers down the field or guys who are just about to beat their man on a go route and all they need is a good ball and just Jalen decides to pull it and, and it was run, frustrating you know? tape,
0: man. And, and Jalen hurts is going to be in like, we're not going to talk deep about hurts today in Stockdown mm-hmm. because we we're doing a whole show on Friday, but yeah, right. We both went back on the tape and Oh my gosh, it was, there was a lot left on the field.
1: Yeah, and and I don't say that's completely at fault of him or anybody on the team. Like I think decision making is a big learning point for this team in the in the next couple weeks here, and realizing what they can and can't do. And Jalen Rager, for example, like the decision making a couple weeks ago to start your route a little wider where you mm. ran yourself out of bounds that's simple decision making or, t- like, or
0: on Thursday night like coming back to something coming as back as coming to the, back football. To the exactly. football, not
1: drifting backwards right they teach you that in eighth grade so Avery you. as well Lou at the end of the game decision making yeah. what was your decision in that moment your decision yeah, it's a bad was to rule, get but the f-
0: you got to know it's a rule I mean yeah
1: <laughs> and, and I think decision making mm. comes down to just how well your whole unit is kind of vibing and meshing. I yeah. still think they're they're still figuring each other out, Lou. I mean, how much can you learn from somebody in three months? I mean, we've been together for three plus years, yeah, and we're still finding. Yeah, yeah, we're still finding stuff out about each other that we didn't yeah, really know, absolutely. and I think that's what it comes down to. But once these guys start to make the right decisions, Lou, I think you're seeing it. Like you're seeing the ceiling at times. Like the flashes are coming. So if if you just settle down, and when people say stop overthinking it, like just play the game. Like just trust your instincts, trust. Sirianni, you know what this offense does well. Gannon, you know what the defense does well. Gennard Avery, you know better than to put yourself in that position. Jalen, you've thrown guys open in the past. Like, just make those simple decisions. in the t- yeah, it's just got to get more
0: consistent, right? Yeah, I mean, all because you see it, it with everybody all of these does. guys. Like, you've seen great play calling from Sirianni this mm-hmm. year. You've seen Gannon make the adjustments in a timely fashion. You've seen Hurts. It's again just about consistency and stringing right. things
1: together. Like if Jalen does That's, what he did yeah. in the in the last two drives of the last two two games right. the whole game I- the, the team the man that's what I know. I know and that's what we're learning well that, and that's the difference between a, a rebuilding pain.
0: team though and a contender you know right is right. being able to do that consistently is when you become that great team and mm-hmm. it's part of the process for sure and i agree with you uh, stock down for sure on decision making um for me stock down and it's not really because of these guys performances although miles sanders's vision continues to be inconsistent
1: um I, at the same how? time okay, how, can we can we talk about like how met like he yeah. was a good decision maker for the past two years mm. and then it's like we're seeing rookie mile stuff my, all over t- my, my
0: take is that i don't i just don't know because i think it's such a rhythm game that when you're when you're only he's only averaging right now 12 and a half touches a game mm-hmm. when you're out of the loop that long and, and there's times where he might not get a carry or a touch Gino, you know, for a quarter and a half for me and it's not just about sanders it's kenneth gainwell too these mm-hmm. guys are just not getting the ball enough and me and you are both not the run the ball more in a traditional sense type of person. I'm just saying I want them to touch the ball more, and that's not Mm -hmm. all on Sirianni. Jalen Hurts in most of these RPOs, he's keeping the football even at times when there's a four or five-yard run to be had Mm -hmm. for Sanders and Gainwell, and they're just too efficient even for Sanders and his vision issues, Gino. A stat here from Miles Sanders that I thought was extremely impressive, this year he has rushed for positive yardage yardage, excuse me, on over 98% of his touches. This is a good player. This is a top weapon that without Zach Ertz, you need to get the ball more to. He has the third most yards per touch in the NFL for running backs since 2019. And we saw how good Kenny G's been so far this year. I'm not saying run the ball 40 times a game, but you do have to get these two involved in the
1: game plan more for sure. And I think that how they did it, the two games prior was a great way to do it. And the reason Miles is averaging that much per touch is that his vision when he's behind five guys and there's five guys on the other side of the ball and you have to find out where that hole is between 12 individuals, it's much easier to make a decision when you're out in the flat and you just got one guy to beat because we know Miles can make a guy miss in the open field. He's done it time and time again. So let's keep working that. Like his, Mm -hmm. I I think his uh, average yards per reception this year is close to 14 if I'm not mistaken.
0: And I think it took a hit last week because he had five catches for like eight yards against Carolina because
1: the looks Mm -hmm. were just terrible. And the Panthers were crashing in hard. They weren't designed. And and going against Tampa, like he ran the ball well down the stretch. I thought like when they needed to run the ball against a light box. Yeah. And when they play a team like Detroit, where they're able to impose their will on that defensive line and miles still makes those decisions, getting back to decision-making in terms of vision That'll be a real test for him, and same with Kenny Gainwell. But to make these two guys look good, just get them the ball any oh, way no. possible. Like you don't have to run it. You don't have to just here's a handoff. Like go and try your best and say you ran it because you ran it, right, Lou? Like wouldn't you much rather have instead of a a second and nine even a dump off for four to five yards? Right. Because when Jalen does get out of the pocket, you see it. You see like that leap. Like there's a There's the defender who's right. chasing Jalen, who was assigned to probably the running back who or whoever's in the backfield, all the other player has to do being the running back is just get open and you're going to get a big chunk yard, right. yardage and you have a decision maker in Jalen Hurts who decides to keep it and you have guys that... It should be coached up where they should be on that scramble drill. And it all comes down to like doing the little things well. And even behind that offensive line late in that game, Lou, when Tampa, whose defensive line, I believe is set up in a much better fashion than most any unit in football to win games like that, where you have to stop the run late in a game and you have to kill clock and you have to be able to keep the the game within the sidelines like Tampa set up for that. And they still did a very good job at it late down the stretch. So now just putting it all together, finding a way to get these guys involved, even if it doesn't come at the hands of just a straight up run mm-hmm. is beneficial for everybody involved. And now yeah. great point you made Lou was Zach Ertz being out, Not in town anymore. That's a security. Don't have a guy that's going to have seven to eight uh, targets every single game. Right. Where are they going to go? I'm intrigued about that.
0: I am too. And I think Quez Watkins, you'll see a target share increase for him. Dallas Goddard too. But I think some of that's got to go to these two running backs. And I'm not saying in a traditional, you know, up the middle, A gap, traditional run, but just get these guys the ball more. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gino, wrapping up today's show, stock up to us. I mean, just I'm looking at our predictions from the summer when me and you did our NFL year-long predictions show. You picked the Arizona Cardinals to win the Super Bowl. I picked the Baltimore Ravens. They're 11 and 1 combined so far yep. this year. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, maybe the two MVP favorites. I mean, that could be the Super Bowl so far this year. Those teams look unstoppable. The Cardinals added Zach Ertz this week with that trade um, from the Eagles to go along with DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green's having quietly a bounce-back season. He's led their team in receiving three of the last four weeks. Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk. I mean, and Lamar Jackson is carrying that team right now, and he looks incredible as a passer and a runner. I mean, hats off to us so far. It's not the Lou Carolina Panthers to the NFC Championship in 2019 again. I think this one we were doing pretty well.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll pat ourselves on I didn't know you were gonna come with this one, so this yeah is, this is a good one. I like it. But <laughs> I was no, you're absolutely at it. I'm like, let's see how right. we're
0: doing. I wanted to see how we're doing prediction wise, almost at the halfway point, and we're not doing bad.
1: No, not too far off at all. And I, I look at that Cardinals team and I look at the Ravens team and I said something in our little group message to all the Locked On hosts last week and they all voted, a lot of them voted Buffalo number one. And I said, oh, you're not tricking me. Buffalo hasn't played a great scoring defense yet this season. Baltimore and Arizona are decimating any defense they see. It doesn't matter if it's the best defense in the NFL. doesn't matter if it's the worst. They are going to continue to put up 30-plus points every single game, Lou. And what Baltimore did to the Chargers should I know, put that's the a damn of God in every team. single team in the NFL. And Lamar wasn't even terrible. really
0: on his game, Gino. And that's the thing is like – and they still – The the Ravens have beaten now the Chargers and the Chiefs. Lamar Mm -hmm. Jackson has shown he can win coming from behind. He can throw you back into games, completing 86% of his passing attempts when he's throwing 40-plus times against the Colts a week ago. Rashad Bateman's back now. They're running the ball at will, regardless of who the running back. I mean, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell all scored touchdowns, these misfits that were good in, like, 2016. I mean, and then you look at Kyler Murray in Arizona, Talk about a team I would love to build. Like, I mean, the Cardinals are fun on both sides. I would take those unicorns at linebacker too. Um, Yeah, two great picks, man, and two of the most fun quarterbacks to watch. And uh, they're MVP candidates right now for sure. I don't know if they're the top two, but they're certainly top five. And uh, you had the Cardinals win in the Super Bowl, I had Baltimore. So not too shabby, my friend, not too shabby.
1: Yeah, and I think what we can take away from the Tampas of the world, the Baltimores of the world, the Arizonas of the world. That's the new norm. Mm-hmm. When Doug Peterson said that a couple years ago, that that would be the new norm in Philadelphia, he didn't equate for this change in athleticism so rapidly. The change in quarterback play so rapidly. like Within the last three years, if you're a quarterback that cannot run, and, you're and you are not totally. have <laughs> yeah, you're not Tom Brady. I think yep. yesterday was clear, Lou. Like As good as Justin Herbert is, Lamar Jackson presents an element. Kyler Murray presents an element of a game plan that it is impossible to game plan for. When you make a team truly 11-on-11, 11 11, that's when football is at its purest, and that's when you find out if you have the personnel to match up. I can't and wait the to Eagles, that player. I, I hope one day they get to that level, I man, because – I thought they were there a couple of years ago, Lou, but I even look at that 2017 offense and I'm like, I don't know how well they do in 2021. It's different. I really
0: don't. But do uh, you know? I think it's different in a good way. I think football is a lot more yes. entertaining because Big of these Twelve kind of everywhere, and, baby. Yeah, Give me you know we over. love offense on Lockdown Eagles, and I can't wait to get back to being a high octane offense in the city of Brotherly Love, mm-hmm. guys. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Eagles. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. We're available Monday through Friday on every podcast platform that you find the show. We're available on YouTube as well and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds at GC Twenty 24- Four. Score football and at DBSC L O E. For my co host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DBSC signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go words.